Hey, it's Lauren. Thank you so much for listening to The Afterlight. Enjoy the episode. This episode has been brought to you by me and my business, Lauren Grace Inspirations. I am a channel of the light and work with spirit guides, angels, the higher self, and past over loved ones to provide you with support, clarity, and encouragement. Using oracle cards, mediumship, and clairvoyance, my readings will leave you feeling comforted and empowered. I have various reading options available, ranging from 30-minute readings to 60-minute readings to group sessions. I also work with professionals to help them gain clarity in business and life purpose. To book a reading with me, simply head to laurengraceinspirations.com. Enjoy the episode. Lauren Grace here and welcome to the afterlight and I'm joined today by Natasha Rasha and she has always been interested in understanding diverse customs cultures and beliefs fortunate enough to be born into a fifth generation spiritually gifted and awakened family she developed her spiritual abilities in a completely safe and encouraging environment goosebumps living in South Africa exposed her to the good the bad and the downright ugly of the spiritual realm Wanting to explore this world a little further, at the age of 21, Natasha set off to travel Europe to learn and experience other cultures firsthand. She found herself settling in Edinburgh, Scotland, where she lived for 13 years, using it as a base while visiting other European countries. She then moved to Canada, represent... For 10 years and she now resides back in Scotland with her family and her two dogs. One of the biggest turning points in Natasha's life was the induction to the Akashic Records. In her ideal world, alternative therapies and Western medicine collaborate and complement each other. She decided to formalize her hands-on healing abilities by diving into Reiki and cranial sacral work. She founded Rising the Vibes Academy of Consciousness, an online spiritual learning membership that allows people to develop their existing spiritual abilities and their spidey senses. And Natasha is joining me for what I can already determine is going to be a amazing conversation. We're going to be chatting about cranial sacral work or cranial sacral therapy and the Akashic records. Natasha, welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This is so exciting. I'm I'm always happy to talk about the Akashic records um, and, and cranial sacral work as well. It's just lovely to meet like soul sisters, you know, and, you know, I'm Canadian. I lived in Scotland. I was telling you before I hit record that Scotland has my heart and it's just lovely to meet people, you know, on all walks of life. And I'm so glad to have you here and, and to be educating me and our listener at home. So Natasha, you have had a very interesting life and it sounds to me like you have been on the spiritual path right from the get-go. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Was there ever a time that you kind of got off it? Have you just always known it? No, absolutely. So um, as I, as you, you said, fifth generation, very, very lucky to be um, born into a family where spiritual abilities were just normal, right? So, which was great. Um, and it's quite interesting because my grandfather um, had an underground kind of like spiritual school um, in Mozambique. Uh, and that was quite interesting. That was kind of like at the turn, kind of like, you know, um, just before the civil war and everything. And what happened, the cool thing about that was that um, 
as a whole bunch of people would meet Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to do kind of like development work and mediumship and all sorts of things. And um, so they started to get nervous. And somebody from the Secret Service actually went in to see if it was something that was against the government that they were doing. And this gentleman actually kind of like ended up telling my grandfather the reasons why he joined. Um, and then obviously reported back that there was nothing against the government that was happening. But even after that, he continued to stay and develop his own spiritual abilities, which is amazing. Um, wow. So this is the kind of kind of work that I came in and 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 it was so interesting in the sense that my brother and I, luckily I had a, a, a partner in crime would be able to share the experiences and kind of like oh did you see that ghost oh did you see this oh my goodness that was um but apart from not only the spiritual development we did a lot of hands-on healing which was very very interesting um I could, yeah it, it's very cool uh, and then eventually I grew up it was never something that we really spoke about because I mean it was people it just were was. just or you know or um so I never thought I would be able to actually do it you know work in spirituality and help others um in the way that I do today uh and then 21 being from South Africa I'm like I'm gonna go travel to Europe right because that is first world this is where society is going and I love cultures yeah. um and I met my Portuguese side of the family because a lot of them lived in Portugal um so I ended up in the UK being totally open, totally aware, and um, <laughs> got here and I'd be walking in and I'd see so much stuff and I was by myself. So I was kind of like, this is a little bit scary. Don't really know the techniques and how to release, how to attachments that I pick up on the way home, you know, um, plus I was 21. Like, and when you, when you know better, you need to do better. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I want to travel the world. I want to experience things. So yeah. I kind started to shut that down a little bit and I call it hitting the snooze button because I was like still conscious and aware and you know reading a lot of books but I wasn't kind of like practicing I mean I was going I was traveling I did Pamplona running of the bulls and all sorts of stuff like that um so yeah and then being in Canada met a Canadian and um <laughs> and got married had two children and the birth of my daughter was the first kind of like wait a minute you know, it kind of like just tripped something in me to start kind of like starting to become more aware. Mm. Um, and it was quite interesting because I'd always spoken to my husband about all of the spirituality and theory. Um, and, and then I started seeing a lot of things again. And I think I totally freaked him out when we first moved to Canada. Um, and I was living in Calgary, Alberta, which is right next to Lake Louise, which is a massive portal. Oh, um, is it? I've been there, but I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a it's um Archangel Michael is the um the archangel oh. that looks after that portal. So shifting into that energy started to awaken a lot more things. So I remember being there for about a week and um I started getting a message because I used to do a lot of automatic writing and I started to and I ignored it, I ignored it because it was five o'clock in the morning, and then eventually um my ex-husband got up and I was like, I need a piece of paper and a pen. Um, and, uh, he was like, what for? And I said, I'm getting a message. And he was like, what? I was like, I just, please just get me a piece of paper and a pen. And then it was like, he was like, you want to ask the lottery numbers? I was like, dude, it doesn't work like that. But it started to automatically, um, write a, a, a message. And it was from his grandfather to his dad, um, about us arriving there. And then I was like, okay, 
now I have to share this message. Um, and they don't know the side of me, but I was like, it's not my message. It is what it is. And I sent it out. And from there, things started to happen. And then, yeah, I started to to reawaken again or to, to, to yeah, to Remember, step into my yeah. yeah. So amazing. I love hearing about all of that. There are so many things that I want to talk to you about. And I actually feel emotional when you're talking about Archangel Michael. And I don't know why. It's just, he's such a powerful, beautiful angel. I just really connect with him. And yeah, it just felt like a lot of emotion when you were talking about that. Can you tell me a little bit about your strategy for automatic writing? Because I know people do it differently. And I, I always like to know kind of how you recommend people get started. You know, do, is it just meditating and, and waking up and writing down the inspiration that you get kind of like the way these sort of started? Yeah, there's there's quite a few ways of, I mean, journaling is a great way to kind of like introduce um, into to, to automatic writing. Um, there's yeah. a method of journaling where you wake up first thing in the morning and you write for three pages. You don't think, you don't do anything, you just whatever comes into mind. The way I started doing it is very much uh, meditative. So in in all my spiritual practices, and I've tested all of them because I, I always encourage my students to question everything and to test everything. Um, but one thing that I found that sets me up for success is, is always the space of grounding, centering, and connecting. So creating that sacred space um, in order to, to do the spiritual work. Um, so with regards to automatic writing, I'd always meditate, you know, a little bit, uh, ground, center myself, and I would sit with a, a piece of paper. And there's something about pen and paper or pencil and paper that actually triggers something within your brain that starts to open you up to, to writing. Um, and what I would do is I would either ask a question or I would sit and I'd wait. And whatever came into my mind I would write in and it used to start with kind of like a word um, and then it um, was a word and then it uh, sorry I'm just getting oh. I would get a word and then I'd be like nope and then it would, it would continue until I wrote it down and then once I wrote it down I'd get the next word and then the next mm -hmm. sentence would come in and then I was writing paragraphs but my suggestion is on the same day same time sit and with your journal meditate, ground, center, and connect. And this is a great way to connect to your guides as well. So it's almost kind of like there's there's the stream of thought that automatic writing absolutely comes in from where, you know, spirit takes over and you don't know what you're writing. And, 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 and that happens to me all the time in Akashic Records, where I tend to write a message, I, I give it out. And then months later, people are like, you know, when you told me, and I was like, no, I don't, you know, it's it kind of like, yeah, it it, it yeah. releases, and then when I read it, I'm like, wow, that was quite profound, you know. <laughs> I know it's not from me, right? But yeah. it's it's practice, it's practice, and it's trust because the ego tends to try and jump in. We try to kind of like correct the structure of the sentence or the word, or sometimes we're like, this doesn't even make sense yeah. until you continue. Um, so my recommendation: ground, center, connect, sit with paper pen, a journal, and just allow the flow of whatever comes into your mind to run through. And then eventually it will start kind of like messages. Beautiful. Beautiful. Do you ever ask a question and then wait for the answer? 
Absolutely. And this is what helped me with the Akashic records when I found the records. So I would connect consciously to the records and I'd ask the question, why? What is this happening? Why am I in this, you know, this house and or whatever it may be? And that helped me to kind of like navigate um, my world. Um, and that's where the Akashic records I found to be very, very, very um, a, a powerful tool um, in helping me to overcome and, and and move very much from a very corporate way of thinking, a corporate way of life into the spirituality um, and supporting and being of service that I am today. I love that. I'm going to talk to you in a little bit all about the Akashic Records. I know our listener at home is like, let's go now. But no, we have other things to talk about first. Yes. One of the things I want to ask you about, Natasha, and I actually took it out of your bio because um, I, I cut oh. it down a little bit, but you you made reference to choosing to be born into a, you know, a Portuguese family, I believe you'd said. And I, I yes. want to talk to you a little bit about the concept of, you know, choosing a life path choosing our parents choosing our you know I guess our missions and what we're supposed to be here I would love to hear your sort of thoughts on that I know that at times it can be a difficult thing for people to kind of feel is true if they've had a difficult upbringing or situations that happen um I'm just kind of wondering what your thoughts are on that do we you know, do we choose a plan? Do we go up? Do we work it out in the astral? Do we come back? Do we, what do we do? We get off the plan. Is it part of the plan to get off the plan? You know, just anything that you feel called to speak about in terms of your own journey, I guess. Absolutely. Um, so before we born, we actually choose, we, we create a blueprint, a soul blueprint. And in this blueprint, this is my belief. And in the soul blueprint, we create every possibility and every probability based on every single decision that we make. Okay. But we have, we want to, there, there's, so, so some of us, we talk about uh, what is my purpose? What is my mission? Why am I here? Right. And a lot of the times we choose the experiences um, that we want to experience or we, or, or we, we come on mission to change one thing or another. And what happens is, is that in order to, step into the vibrational frequency to live that or experience that we need to grab substance so what we do is we go to the lineages we go to people um so for example i believe that we choose our parents because within their genetics um within that lineage both lineages there are the gifts and there are the traumas that we inherit as well. So it's almost kind of like there's the handicaps that we choose. There's the life lessons that we choose and, um, and, and it creates the palette. So we choose everything. So not only do we choose the lineage and the genetics that are there, but we also choose the time, the day, the place. Everything is has a frequency that adds to your frequency that adds to your experience. So all of that. So there's astrology and the numerology. We choose it all up to like the exact moment that we are born. All we align all the planets to create even our name. We choose our name because our name holds a frequency mm -hmm. and that helps us, which is quite interesting because I'm going through a change in kind of like changing my surname from you know, back to my maiden name. So it's trying to sit back into the frequency of Russia again. And what does this mean to me after being, you know, for the last 15 years? So it's 
all about vibration and frequency and what we draw towards us. And as we step into that, um, so if you think about actors, they do a kind of like special method acting, they step into that name, they step into that persona to have that experience. So we choose it all. Um, and a lot of the times, especially if we've gone through serious uh, intergenerational traumas, a lot of the time the soul comes to say, okay, it stops with me. Right. And they're born into that family. They experience that. And as they experience those traumas, it creates a vibrational frequency within us that then, you know, once we overcome it or heal that, if we have that opportunity, we then a lot of purposes birthed in that to help others go that have been through the same thing to help them through it. And when we help them through it, 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 it is a service on a collective because when we heal ourselves, we heal seven generations before, seven generations to come, right? And if you think about that on a collective basis, everybody else is helping that, you know, every, so it's it kind of like it's, if we, it, if we do the work internally, we're actually really helping the collective. And, 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 and sometimes that's all we have to do is just work on ourselves, which is important. So, long story short we absolutely choose everything up to the we don't stop choosing that's the thing so we create this yeah. blueprint we're born into it and every moment of every day we choose we make a decision and that informs the oppor the opportunities the circumstances that we draw towards us mm -hmm. and it's quite interesting because people are like who am i why am i here yeah what's the point of this What's the point of this? And it's yeah. to get to know who we are. It's to experience that firsthand. And and life I see as really kind of it's a playground. We have all these opportunities to experience everything from extreme poverty to extreme richness. And we have the power to change that now in this moment. Mm -hmm. How do you keep life not so serious? You know, you talked about changing your, you know, your name back to your maiden name. I would imagine that that this is a difficult time or, you know, you've gone through a difficult time. How do you keep things light and, and not so serious? And how do you experience life as a playground? So, yeah, that's quite an interesting question. When I was younger, so I grew up during apartheid, being white kid, being kind of like, you know, uh, also being a foreigner because I was also Portuguese. So there was a whole bunch of that. And it's, it's interesting. So, I used to look at what was going on and I'd be like, why, why, what, like, what is the point of this? What am I supposed to see? What am I supposed to learn? And then once I had that thread of, okay, this is what you need to learn. The situation would dissolve itself. Now this last year for me has been quite interesting year um, in the sense that not only did I move countries, got divorced, you know, and I moved with two children, two dogs, a mom and, and everything else. Um, it was very, very stressful. I started taking one day at a time and I'd wake up in the morning and I would set up my day. I'd be like, today is a day of magic and miracles. So I would set up the frequency for the day, um, no matter how hard it was. And sometimes it was hard to smile and I would smile first thing in the morning and I'd be like, okay, today's a day of magic and miracles. And then I'd say, what is one thing that I need to do today? And then I'd listen in to my body you know, I'd be like, okay, what do I need physically, mentally, and emotionally today? And then step into that. And that's how I, I move through that difficult time um, in that sense of kind of like, what is just the one thing that I need to do today? Um, and yeah, and 
very, very grateful. And again, using the tools that I had, and this is where, because I teach as well, it's kind of like, put your money where your mouth is. What are the tools that you teach? Embody them. Um, So, and then with a lot of love and compassion and understanding um, that it, that it took to go through that not only with me but with my ex-husband with with the children with everything because everybody is going through something right so it's I stepped into observation um and and yeah and made sure that I was okay within within me and very very grounded that's how I moved through 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 that thank you for sharing that you know when you're talking I was thinking about I wanted to ask this question before that one but then that one you know, felt like it was important to be asked first. I wanted to ask you whether or not you think we plan these things alone or, and I've read different books and and I always like to hear different people's, you know, perspectives. Do you believe that, you know, much like we choose our parents, that we're also choosing our, our partners that we're, you know, and then I want to ask you a little bit about how do you get the the support and the encouragement from your guides? How do you feel them around you? How do you, you know, navigate that? Absolutely. Um, I absolutely believe that we choose the people into um, in, in our lives uh, because, yeah, they, they come to support our journey. They come to teach us, um, you know, and, and no matter what direction we choose, those energies will align. Right. And, and sometimes we have and I call them spiritual contracts. So a lot of the times in the Akashic Records, you'll hear about contracts, deals and agreements. So we create these on a soul level to support the journey that we're in right so for example i'll give you an example um i used to work uh, i used to do marketing for some very very technical companies um ended up working in oil and gas um in calgary alberta as you do it's a very big industry there um and i experienced workplace bullying for the very first time in my life and and it was brutal um like it started to affect me physically but that was my kind of like my timeout like what do I need to do physically mentally emotionally what is happening spiritually to me I need like I'm blocked um but to that person that I drew into my life she was a significant um energy in my life because it was because of that difficult time that I was like no I'm going to go into spirituality it totally changed my trajectory yeah that time and now I'm in a place where I I have the utmost gratitude for that experience um maybe not at the time but it was kind of like now it's just like look at the amount of people I've managed to 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 support and the people that have come into my life I'm, I'm super grateful for that so it's like sometimes and in Portuguese we say sometimes bad things happen so that better ones can come along and it's kind of like the leaning tower card where your life blows up and it's order to 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 create new so we absolutely choose everyone in our life um we we constantly we are creators of our environments we're constantly choosing Yeah, that's so well said. And I want to bring it back to what you said before, which is, what am I supposed to see? What am I supposed Mm -hmm. to learn? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That's so good. So, you know, I know that today we're going to be talking about cranial sacral therapy and the Akashic records. And I feel like I probably need to take us to task. You know, I guess the thing is, I just want to ask again, quickly, do you think that we work on our plan during our dreaming state on the astral level? Do you think we work with our guides, you know, to kind of 
see how things are going and, and to adjust. And I also wanted to know whether or not you could kind of speak to people who don't know why they're here and whether they're figuring out. And I know you were talking about, well, it's time to get to know yourself and things like that. And maybe that's the answer. But do you think we all have this, you know, this calling or a purpose or is, you know, any thoughts on, on all that? It's quite a few questions in one. I apologize. No, no problem. Um, yeah, I think we 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 call in support systems to help us because even our guides are on mission. Even our guides, we have contracts with with, with them as we progress throughout our our, our lives. Um, but yeah, and and I also believe that sometimes we've come here just to experience this planet unconsciously, right? And 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 that's okay. And and and. Yeah, it, it all depends. Uh, it's the experiences and there's no judgment on whether you do or whether you don't. So it's, and, and that's what's given me compassion and understanding where people are at because that's what they're choosing to experience um, in, in that sense. So if they do want to be unconscious, it's just that we don't have to, we choose to be in that frequency or not, be in that timeline or not. Uh, and that's that's how I've started navigating this world. Um, so we absolutely choose our um, our uh, the people around us, our guides. So with our guides, it's quite interesting. So my guide that I work with in the Akashic Records is Emmanuel, but I also work very much with uh, Saint Germain when I'm doing my clearings. So it it all becomes in resonance throughout the journey that we're working on. So very much also working with Christ consciousness, so the Mother Mary, Jesus, and 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 part of the ascension. And then so it totally depends on the journey as you grow, as you expand, as you become more conscious. You have other supports that match the resonance that you're at or what you've chosen to do throughout your lifetime. Um, so our guides are constantly changing and not constantly changing. Some of our guides change. Some yeah. of them are with us entire lifetimes, but even our guides, that is part of their growth and development, part of them being of service. So they're also in that space of learning and expanding, which is, which is quite interesting from, from that perspective. Yeah. I think that's so, I think the whole thing is just, it's amazing. And, you know, I know for myself, I do a lot of self-reflection to the point where I really need to work on my grounding. Honestly, it's something that I struggle with. Uh, I think grounding, but you know, I feel sometimes really connected to my guides and other times not, not at the same time. So it's just something that I'm kind of navigating myself and I'm sure that other people can relate to that. You know, it's like, have I hit the snooze button or am I, <laughs> am I needing to navigate this part by myself? You know, it's, it's interesting. And sometimes there is a little bit of, of, of navigating um, on our own, but there's also sometimes part for integration work. So sometimes when we do a lot of spiritual work, we need to allow it to integrate and to, to kind of like settle in so that those frequencies can kind of like really kind of like, yeah. Um, so Meld. we can start living as integration part of that that is important and yeah. and sometimes it's weird it's almost kind of like being seated you know in the ground where it's dark it's quiet it's that void aspect to allow for the integration to happen with the the new knowledge or the experiences that you've gotten yeah oh that's so good thank you for that reminder so let's get into the concept now or the subject the beautiful subject of the akashic records so i'd love to hear a little bit about how you first got introduced and how would you explain them to somebody who hasn't heard 
of them before. Uh, when I think of the Akashic Records, I personally haven't spent a lot of time exploring them. I'm open to it. I guess I just haven't done it, but I always think of some beautiful grand library in a huge, gorgeous auditorium. And I have done a few meditations now and again, but how does it show up for you and, and how did it originally get kicked off? Yeah. So it's quite interesting in, in the sense that when I, when I went through that reawakening phase, I was like, okay, hands-on healing, what's this called in English? And I ended up like typing in hands on English healing and Reiki popped up. Um, and so that was a, a good kind of like uh, way of kind of a clearing, starting to, to really work on myself. But then straight after that, the Akashic records, I, it, honestly, it was like, I think it was the Thursday I saw that there was a course. There was a lady from Vancouver that came into Calgary that was, was, was teaching the course. Um, and a friend of mine that I'd done Reiki with was hosting it. So I texted her, just sent her a message and said, it just really called to me. It just, it was like, I was excited about it. I was like, what is this? I need to know about this. Um, so I sent her a message and said, there's still space. And then I dropped in on the Saturday. And when I came in on the Saturday, what the, that weekend workshop was very, very healing. Um, but it also helped me to reactivate the intuitive side of me that I had kind of like shut down or numbed or whatever or hit the snooze button on. Um, so that helped me to become conscious about really starting to connect. Um, and as I, I used to do a lot of automatic writing when I was younger, and I found that was a great way to start to connect to the records. Um, and, and that it, it was really enhancing my intuition um, and really getting to know who I am on a soul level. Cause I was a very curious person. Um, and if somebody said to me, no, I would be like, what do you mean? No, I was like, watch me. But if I had the reason like why behind it, then I'd be like, okay, that makes sense. And that's where starting to really connect with the Akashic records through automatic writing, through journaling, through asking those questions. Why am I here? Why am I going through this? Why am I in Canada? You know, why have I just, you know, bought a house like, and, and the answers were starting to come through that were like, oh yeah, that makes sense. You know, uh, it, all the rest of that, it started to, to, to give me an understanding of, okay, what's going on. And even before my divorce. So for example, I channeled before my divorce, um, connected to the Akashic records and I said, what's going on here? And they said, no, all that it is, is progression against um, comfort is starting to come up and now it needs to, to change. Right. And it, and it kind of like gives you that, oh yeah. Okay. It doesn't have to be difficult. This is exactly what's happening in the background. So it gave me that background information to understand what this next phase of my life is so in it and it was very much when I first started to connect to the records I st started seeing it as a library because we do tend to think knowledge and wisdom connected with books and scrolls yes. right and yes. all the times we go into this hall of records where it hosts everything energetically but then I also started to kind of like jump into different past lifetimes and things like that that would inform my sessions um and then i started to say okay so the the akashic records is really the google of spirituality because you have access to everything right and it was like long before google but it was like no it's like google you know and i was like wouldn't it be amazing if I could make the akashic records as easy to navigate as it is to google something yeah you know 
it became this spiritual search engine for me, right? And I was like, this is brilliant because you could tap into the records of the moon when it was a full moon, a new moon, or what's happening in Jupiter or whatever it was. Um, and then I started to realize, wait a minute, the Akashic Records is a lot more than just the Google of the spiritual world. It's almost, it is the matrix. The more I started to expand, I was like, no, this is the thread or the fabric that creates everything and I was like whoa I was like holy smokes and I started to realize that is the fabric and then where I'm at at the moment with the Akashic Records and having experienced it is that I don't know if you've heard of Matteo's um, De Stefano where he talks about the nine dimensions where he talks about the first dimension holding all the knowledge wisdom everything that is is there and it's almost kind of like having a library full of books but never experiencing any of the stories and that's what the akashic so th that starts to i was like no that is the akashic records and this is what we're doing in this world what we're doing in this incarnation is experiencing, experiencing. or writing one of those stories that are there um and that's the, the the part where we're all one where we're all connected and then i started to realize that the Akashic Records is the element that creates the elements, that creates the stories, that creates the program, that creates the matrix, that creates everything. And it's and it's not something that is out there. It's something that if you connect within, because we're connected, we are the Akashic Records. We are enjoying this matrix, this virtual reality, this this experience that we're, we're at. So I don't know if that's too much information. Wow. No, it's definitely it's not too much. No. It's as the Google of the, the, the yeah. spiritual world. It's, People of everything. It's the simplistic way that I, I thought of. It's brilliant. I, I love it. And, you know, our listener at home is they've been on this journey with me for a while. They know a lot. So that's perfect. They can handle that. I guess my question to you is, do you sit down and go, okay, I want to consciously connect with the Akashic and then things pop in your head or you do the automatic automatic writing or you even speak out things? Is it kind of like, do you have to attend to go there or is your desire to be a channel of the light enough for you to tap into that because the akashic is everything anyway it's just a way of us titling everything because we don't say everything everywhere i just watched that movie everything everywhere all of the time we don't say that we call it something to just make it i guess simpler to understand and, and i was thinking about yeah how can your brain even conceptualize all that right Absolutely. So I've had many moments waking up at three o'clock in the morning going, have I totally lost it? And do I need to commit myself? Because this is just like, there's a lot of information. I but think the way that I way for myself too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So um, in the beginning, I would definitely kind of like meditate, put myself in that vibrational frequency to connect to the records. And again, we're only limited by why by what we think and what we believe and what we we understand. Right. So I had to very much create that process of sitting down, connecting, journaling, connect to the Akashic records and journal what information I was getting. That's how I first started off. I like there's a mantra that we say to enter the records. And I and I absolutely love um, the mantra just because it kind of like sets the the tone, the time, the place, and my body is still so used to it that once I say it, I, I'm, I'm connected in um, to the records. But we're constantly in the records. We're constantly creating. We're constantly receiving information. We call it the subconscious. We call it, you know, the conscious. We call it, you know, 
And, and one of my students once said to me, what's the difference between the Akashic records and being in a hypnotherapy kind of session? No, you're accessing your records through a process yeah. of tools to connect to this information or this wider web of information. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, connecting to the Akashic records is just consciously connecting to that. And yeah. it's not a place that we need to go to. And that's that's one misconception that I had was the Akashic records is in the eighth dimension. So, you know, um, we need to connect to the eighth dimension or whatever it is, but it, it, it isn't. You, we access the information based on what we vibrate at again it's everything is back to vibration and frequency um so the more we're able to raise our vibrational frequency the more we have access to and then the other misconception of the akashic records is that everything is love and light no uh, and <laughs> like akashic records holds everything the good the bad the ugly it holds everything and it's non-judgment it just is it's just fact right so it, it hosts a series of everything so I started to realize no it's kind of like consciously connecting to the records it just makes you become conscious of what you're doing or intentional about what you're doing but we're all constantly like I honestly believe that Einstein was connecting to the Akashic Records Steve Jobs was connecting they were creating the blueprint they were accessing the blueprint of what they created yeah oh, that okay number one I totally thought that uh, you had to go somewhere to access the Akashic Records. So if our listener at home is like, damn it, don't worry, I feel that too. I felt like that as well. It makes sense that it would hold absolutely everything in a non-judgmental way, because I think as humans, we kind of add that level of good or bad, light or shade, as opposed to just looking at things as they are and as experience, you know, and we add that emotional part of it onto it um mm -hmm. would it would it be appropriate for you to share the mantra if someone wanted to get into the akashic would you feel comfortable with that absolutely and the mantra so there's various school of thoughts in the mantra needs to be said in a certain language or in a certain way the mantra i can give you the mantra that i use i would love to and hear I, it. yeah <clears throat> So I usually say, um, and I say keepers of the Akashic Records. So I say keepers of the Akashic Records. Um, uh, now you've got me on the spot here. It's keepers okay, take your time. Uh, yeah, as, uh, please create a safe and sacred space for my highest good and healing, right? And then I say the records are not open, the records are not open. So it's, or, or usually I say keepers of the Akashic Records, please open the records for and you state the full name of the person because it brings in that vibrational frequency oh. and create in sacred space for my highest good and healing. But I'll type it out for you and I'll send it to you. Oh, wonderful. And sometimes, Thank you. Yeah, and sometimes I used to use a longer one where we call in our angels and our guides to support the journey as well. Yeah, I love that. And it sounds to me that in a way, going back to intention, if you know what you're intending to do, you can create your own way of doing it. And if you could send me that, I can include at least, you know, what you feel comfortable with in the show notes. And, you know, people can really make their own, their own recipe for it. Is that right? And you want it to be something you can remember and call on that resonates with your own soul. Absolutely. And it changes based on how you change. So a lot of the times it's kind of like, I stopped saying in my highest and greatest good, because sometimes we draw those experiences that aren't comfortable for that. And I've started talking about stepping into my highest potential. So doing everything from the place of highest potential, um, rec you know, which is quite interesting. 
I love that. And you know what? I really enjoyed how you talked about how, you know, you access the level of the frequency that you're at. And I got this visual and it, it reminded me of, and when I do mediumship, I always bring down source energy in my room and I block all the exits and everything. And, and I bring in like this big, beautiful golden ball of golden light and sparkles and everything magical. And I was kind of thinking that, you know, if you looked at the Akashic records like that, and you just take a little strand out of it, maybe that's the frequency that you're on. You can't access the whole thing and you can access different elements, you know, based on how you're feeling. How do you, you know, keep your vibration high and, and navigate, you know, the, the challenges? I know you talked earlier about taking things day by day, but, you know, even in the work that I do, I'm really aware that when I'm really high and heightened or like, you know, a high vibration, that I get access to different things that if I'm, if I'm not. Okay. So it's, it's quite an interesting question. So I spend a lot of time in nature walking around, you know, music. I play a lot of music first thing in, in the morning. It's like, I'll be like, Alexa, play some happy music and see what tunes okay. come in and just get that kind of like, you know, get that going. But the important thing is, is about when we're in a low vibrational frequency is to feel the feelings hundred percent. And, and that's what it's so a lot of the times we're like, no, I need to be like love and light. No, we're having a human experience. We're here to experience it all because and then and, and this is why craniosacral therapy for me became very, very interesting because we suppress a lot of the negative emotions. We suppress a lot of the, 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 the darkness. And I'm like, no, feel it 100 percent. And this is where children teach us. And, and, you know, when they're upset, they're freaking upset. They're like throwing things out. They're screaming. They're, yeah. you know, they're like, but when they're happy, they're a hundred percent happy, right? When they're like, and, and it's feeling those feelings a hundred percent in order to move through them. And this is what raises our frequency um, or raises our vibe is because then we don't have that percolating underneath because we've suppressed it, right? So it's kind of like feel it, experience it learn from it, release it. That's the important bit as well, because a lot of people, sometimes people get stuck in it and it's like sitting in it. No, it's, you don't go and get yesterday's food out of the bin to re-eat that. No, it's done. It's gone. We let go of it. Right. Um, and that's how I've, and, and then it's a continuous, right? Because once we, we're always learning who we are. We're always looking at the limiting beliefs. We're always looking at why did I draw this 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 uncomfortable experience? And it's in the uncomfortable that we we grow and we expand. And it's not that I go looking for shadow. It's just if it appears, yeah, I deal with it, I work with it, I embrace it, I choose yeah. it. Because the other thing is, what we resist persists. Yeah. So it's like choose it. Like it's like okay, bring it. Let's deal with this ugly monster and let's 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 get going with that. Yeah. Um, I just want to comment on that for a minute because I know in my own personal experiences, when I experience something that's you know less desirable or shadow, you know, I I feel that I do learn from it right away. And sometimes I'll I will repeat it, I guess. But you know, I do learn. I can see the lesson, but I find that, and I know it's ego that wants to continue to berate me or remind me of when I messed up and how I should have done better and I didn't and blah, blah, blah. How do you kind of release? It's as though there's like um, an imprint. So it's, it's, it's the higher awareness, you know, the higher awareness is like, well, damn, that was uncomfortable, but now we know what not to do. And now we know this has brought in all these other experiences, but then the other part of my brain wants to rehash it, I guess, almost make it dramatic 
And it's sometimes it's really a struggle between the two. And yeah, I mean, what you resist persists hundred percent. And I know Eckhart Tolle and I talk about him on the show every single episode, but he's my man. And, you know, I'm very aware that it's happening, but sometimes it's just really difficult to kind of quiet that down. So does that mean that the emotion hasn't been released or does that mean that there's some kind of remnants that I just need to try to look at objectively a little bit like you were kind of talking about earlier objectively so, absolutely so that's a, that's a very good question because the, I used to do I used to wake up in the middle of the night kind of like replaying yeah. a lot remember of when I, you screwed up <laughs> right yeah, remember, remember when you spoke to that person like that and you said something and you're really clumsy and you didn't mean that yeah. and you heard that so now it's it's it took me a, a lot of practice it's practice in kind of like it's observing the thought seeing that it's there and giving yourself grace and saying, okay, yeah, I did do that. Yeah, absolutely. I did do that. But what do I do? You can't go back and change the past, but what you can do is change the present. And the way you change the present is to action differently. So becoming an observant in awareness that, okay, that thought is then go, no ego, because the ego, a lot of the time we reject the ego, we make the ego bad, but what we have to do is educate the ego and saying, okay, yeah, that was the old programming that I used to do, but now I'm choosing to do it this way. And it's not, it is kind of like, it's about how you change it today and changing the thought forms. So catching it right at the beginning going, yeah, okay. I did do that. Yeah. It's like, stop. And sometimes I'd even, if it was playing a lot, because we are reprogramming. This is like program thought program that we had for such a long time. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like stepping out of it. If there is emotion still attached to the trauma, there's still something underlying that needs to be uh, resolved Clear. or brought to the surface. Yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Well, thank you. That's helpful. I find it frustrating sometimes. And I, I'm very aware that, you know, when I feel superior and fear, it's ego and I go and I know that my ego is important. And I do talk to her sometimes nicely, but sometimes I just get so wrapped up in the thoughts going around that I forget I, I can change them. And I teach people how to do this. You know, it's kind of like what you were talking about earlier when, you know, you should do your own stuff, but it's really easy to <laughs> tell other people what they need to instead yeah and it's difficult but I really love how you're you're like no I did do that but I'm gonna do that differently and it's almost as though having that compassionate dialogue and I love that you talked about giving yourself grace and you know when you were talking earlier about going back to your maiden name Lauren Grace is my real name but it's not my last name I used to go by a different like, by my real last name but I found that that energy was was more masculine and more harsh and I really wanted to embrace the grace and that's why I and that's my real name anyway but I really wanted to bring that in and so I love it that you use that as a reference which I feel like in a way you were really supporting me in that so thank you for that I, I appreciate it I guess I'm wondering you know in terms of the Akashic records how can people access that to maybe clear some of the things that they're carrying with them because you know when you're talking about how if somebody or you know even my story potentially that you know maybe there's this underlining thing that needs to be cleared that we have experiences that are catalysts to maybe, maybe help us bring it to the surface to really shift it off so we can you know move forward how do people access those experiences do they have to relive them again do they have to go through that secondary trauma do they have to have the conversation with someone uh 
what about if it's a past life? How do you know? Yeah, it just feels such a big yeah. Problem. Yeah, it's 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 very layered. The work that yeah. that, that, that 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 it is very 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 layered. Um, so connecting to past lifetimes or the way I connect to the Akashic records again through journaling is a great way but yeah. asking what is the limiting belief because we're only limited by our beliefs and I think that's why I've had this 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 interesting culture is because the belief systems drive our behaviors so what is the the limiting belief is it mine that I've learned in this lifetime or have I inherited this from a lineage perspective or does it come from a past lifetime so it, it's a great question to ask in the records once you're in there so I usually kind of like yeah. Connect and you can ask the question and I have a few kind of like um, uh, meditations where I talk people through going into their records asking the question and coming out so there's, there's quite a lot of those so I'll give you my YouTube um, list yes. because there's a few meditations where we ask ourselves you know um, what are my limitations right now what's you know stopping me from being happy and 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 it kind of like it's looking at that programming behind that that needs to change and a lot of command work sometimes so one is the awareness that we have of what the limitation is so once it moves from the subconscious or the unconscious or whatever into the consciousness now we need to be able to change it because to be consciously aware of a pattern that we keep doing that keeps us limited that is choice when it's unconscious, we navigate this world for what we know. But when it becomes conscious, we need to change it. And again, it's like changing it now. We can't change it. We only have now. So yeah. we can only change in the action that we do in this moment yeah. um, moving forward. So it's really kind of like recognizing recognizing that. So for me recently, um, I learned that and and it's and it's from my maternal lineage is about keeping the, the peace constantly right and it's like no sometimes we need to sometimes we need things to blow up in order to be able to mm. resolve them right because then again it just sits there bubbling underneath the surface and you're stressed but then at trying to control things and make sure everyone's peaceful and everything is you know easy yeah. or yeah and that was all subconscious I was like I didn't know I was trying to manage all of these things and I'm like oh no I'm going to let people feel their feelings and it's going to be comfortable and it's going to be okay. Right. So it's, it's always a learning of that, but it's bringing that awareness in. So kind of like, and, and many modalities do that. Mine is the Akashic records. So it's kind of like, okay, so what are the limiting beliefs in around this area that I'm not seeing? Right. And then the great thing about that is because if you think of it as the matrix, and I usually see them as like, cause I have it background as well is kind of zeros and ones, yeah. right? It's kind of like, how do I bring in that other programming that I'd like to 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 reinstate the next aspect of the blueprint? So what yeah. is the choice or the decision that will put me into a timeline of my highest potential, right? Yeah. So it, it's kind of like, how do I bring in those codes and integrate it into my physical, mental, emotional, and etheric level, which makes up this experience that I'm in now? Okay. So I have my, uh, I did my level one in theta healing. And so okay. we taught in that I was taught all about 
root level belief programming. And then the idea yep. is that you go up to the creator seventh level, seventh um, dimension, seventh level, and you see it. And then you witness, cause you're not the healer. The creator's the healer going in, removing yep. the program and then replacing it with the perfect program, or you can suggest or see what kind of comes through. So there's a command there that you say that is going to happen. We are removing that and we are replacing it with that. And you talked earlier about the command. So can you talk to me about the command and do you have to replace the limiting belief in, in the way that you do your work to, in order to kind of put the new one in, or is it an acknowledgement is enough of a dilution, like a dissolvement of that? So it's both. So sometimes, yeah, I do the command in the sense of, you know, I remove, I release, and I do work with the violet flame. So I, sometimes I just add that in yeah, um, to remove those frequencies and then in order, I like to replace them if I know what it yeah. is, or I leave it open to create new ones. But I like to, if there is something that I'm, so for example, if I'm wanting to release procrastination, I'll replace it with action, you know, or whatever it is that is coming to you yeah. um, in that aspect. So it is very much about the command. And what happens with the command is don't forget we're creators yeah. and sound, sound is important. So that fueled with your emotion gives power to it so if there's something yeah. you really you release it's kind of like yeah i remove you know release transform transmute the frequency of x and i replace it with that and it's because it's our will I, and, and and a lot of the times saying this is my will because we are the creators of our environment so we we command that which is which is important and it works very similar in the akashic records for that or oh, i work very similar in the akashic records for that one of the things I had that, you know, kind of, I don't know if it was necessarily an aha moment, but basically, you know, last year I was listening to a lot of Abraham Hicks's teachings and, you know, she's talking a lot about feeling the emotion and things like that. And I realized, I mean, I've been reprogramming, I'm 40 next week. So since I was, you know, almost like 20 or something, so 20 years you know, it's crazy when you can say things like that. But anyway, over 20 years, I've been reprogramming my mind. And I've been doing that by being aware of thoughts, stopping the thought, you know, replacing the thought with the truth, and then up leveling based on how, you know, comfortable I was with certain things, like went from like myself to love myself and things like that. Um, and the, re the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I feel that I missed an integral part for so long, because I wasn't feeling everything. I, I was saying it, I was articulating it. And I know when we know, when we know better, we do better and uh, level of consciousness and we're at and all that. I get it. But the emotion, I didn't realize that the emotion was so critical and key to probably lasting change to quicker change to more significant progress. Absolutely. I, I, and, and it's, it's quite interesting because I'm in, in, in the space of writing a, uh, co-authoring a, an Akashic business book, uh, with, uh, my friend Kelly. Yeah. Because yes. your business has a blueprint. So it's connecting oh to Oh my that, God. Right? I can't wait to talk to you about that. Next Absolutely. Time. <laughs> and, you know, it's super exciting, but it's, and we talk about, you know, thoughts fueled by your emotion, yeah. put into place by your action creates your reality, but it's that emotion. And a lot of people, so for example, 
anger. A lot of people are like, oh, I can't be angry. I'm like, yeah, be angry. It makes you feel alive. But how are you going to channel, channel that anger? How are you going to use that energy to propel you in a way that is in alignment with what you're trying to do or become, yeah. right? So it's kind of like, yeah, even if it's like, I will never do that or I'll never be that, I'm going to put that energy into actioning something that I do want, right? Or, you know, whatever it is. So that emotion is important. The emotion yeah. of love, emotion of gratitude. It's, yeah. We're constantly drawing towards us what we're, what we're vibrating at and emotion is a huge part. But you're also talking about directing the emotion into something instead of, which is what I feel like I'm like sharing my life story here. But, I, you know, we keep, I, I keep my emotions in. And then, yeah. you know, and then that's why, like, I have to do yoga and all these things to like get rid of, every, you know, 25 years worth of stuff. But, uh, you know, I love how you're talking about that, that redirection. It's like, oh, I'm feeling all of this. What are we going to do with it? Where normally we go, we're going to stuff it down real tight in our hips. <laughs> and that's where craniosacral comes in. We're like, let's remove this energy cyst that you've been, you know, shoved into yeah. an organ somewhere. Absolutely. Let's talk about cranial sacral therapy. So I remember um, when I was in my twenties, I went to radio school and uh, when I was done, I, I was really passionate about spirituality. And so I ended up finding all of these practitioners lucky for me, and I was able to try all their stuff. And then I would interview them about their, ex about my experience. And I did do a session on cranial sacral therapy, but I can't remember it at all. So I'm love to know a little bit more about it. And, and for our listener at home, this is the first guest we've had on the show in, you know, over 300 episodes or something that actually is talking about cranial sacral therapy. So I feel like this is maybe a divine message for myself. So I'd love to hear about what it is and, and how you got introduced to it. I mean, I know you said you were Googling and you found something, but. No, so the cranial sacral aspect of it was very, very interesting um, in the sense that, um, I was doing Reiki and doing kind of like Reiki shares and all the rest of this. And a friend of mine said her massage therapist did cranial. And she said she was going to ask him, what's the best way to work with Reiki? Um, and he said, well, if she does Reiki, she should do cranial. And I, and you know, my friend wrote to me and I was like, what is this craniosacral therapy? Again, as I started Googling it, I was like, it, I got really, really excited. And I was like, okay, this is an alignment. Um, and so we did the trade and he was like, okay, there's, there's, there's a big part of, of, um, working with energy and working with the body. Um, and what happened was craniosacral for me, um, it gave me a little bit more of the technical aspect behind what's happening with the body. So craniosacral therapy stems from osteopathy. And it's really sitting in looking, listening to the body. Um, it, it's hands on. I like to work with my hands. Um, but what's happening is you're feeling into the tissue. You're feeling into where the trauma is. You're looking into the fascia um, and and where where it's pulling, where it's tugging. You're you're really monitoring the um, the the spinal the the cranial spinal fluid to make sure that that's all in alignment and that's running. Um, you know, at a hundred percent and that we're, it, it, it drops uh, the nervous system. So it completely calms the nervous system. There's mechanisms to reset your nervous system. And that's why it brings this calm. But the great thing that I found about working with craniosacral therapy is all those emotions, all that trauma that we store in the body, because it has to go somewhere. Yeah. It's an amazing way to release that through 
and they won't say energy, they'll call it direction of energy because they're trying to keep it very much scientific. Um, okay. But there is even a part where they talk about the chakras and releasing the energy from the energy. And I got super excited. This was kind of like in level three. They're like, so we have these energy centers. And I'm like, yeah, they're called chakras. <laughs> they have colors kind of too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but they teach how to work with that energy, which is super amazing from, from, from that perspective. But it is really going into the body and 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 releasing the the energy cysts that we suppress into the system right um right. so it's it's yeah and it's a little bit more technical because it does get a little bit more anatomical for me it's helped me with my um the akashic because of working with the nervous system so we receive a lot of our messages intuitively you know it, ah. it's through the nervous system that we're working through that and when i do kind of like intergenerational clearings i do it through the nervous system and then on a cellular level but we're always looking for that zero point in the body we that that's what i call it rebooting the system um so we're looking for that and it and it helps to unwind so there's a lot of traumas that we carry um and it helps the body remembers. So it almost kind of like helps to unwind the certain. Oh. Yeah, it's it's, it's actually it's visual. Yeah. yeah. And you think about it, you know, as we go through life, we experience things. And sometimes we don't, we're not in a situation where we can fully deal with them, or we even forget about it, you know, oh, yeah, that that happened. When I, I'm kind of remembering now, I think when I did got cranial psychotherapy, I feel like the person touched my head, like on either side. So when you're talking about hands-on, are you touching the person's head? Do you move to other parts of the body as well? And how does that work for remote or is it not a remote thing? Okay, so the institution would not be happy with me kind of like using the techniques remotely, but it can be used remotely because we're feeling into, so for example, and, and my teachers spoke about this, where you're talking to somebody over the phone and you could feel the their their cranial rhythm and see if it's in, if it's in alignment, if it's in sync. Um, and a lot of the times, um, depending on how much trauma has been had, you can also dialogue with the person, which brings in the somat emotional release aspect of it as well, where you go into the memory of the trauma in order to release it with craniosacral therapy at the same time. Um, but we do very much work on the head and kind of like um, loosen up all the, the sutures and we we start to make sure that, you know, sometimes the C1 and C2 is kind of like lodged in there. So we tend to kind of like move the bones very, very lightly, very, very calmly to accommodate for this fluid of energy to continue to move through your systems. Wow, that's beautiful. And, you know, while you're saying that, you're like, well, it probably would be nice to have it in a physical way, you know, where someone's actually physically assisting you with that with that healing yeah. um you know do you did you read Eckhart Tolle's work are you familiar with his work a, a lot of it I have a couple of his books that I haven't read yet but oh, yeah it's some of his book yeah Anyway, I'll connect you uh, because after I'll send I'll give it to you or our listeners like what about me okay well there's a podcast called um it's Eckhart Tolle's podcast but the first 10 episodes are him and Oprah and they do a new earth together and they did 10 one hour 
um, conversations is on YouTube where they went through every chapter and it was really amazing. So if anyone's wanting to read that book, I would, I would recommend that you do it with the podcast. Cause it's like, you're going to school and it's so cool. The reason why I'm bringing it up though, is because he doesn't have a lot of, um, like he doesn't put a lot on memory because it's all about the now moment, you know? So yeah. he, he doesn't spend a lot of effort on like what things happened. And, and I really liked yeah. that when I was reading that because it made me feel that, you know, yeah, well, you know, sometimes we do things we don't, we wish we hadn't, but we learned a lesson or we say things, you know, like we're not perfect. We're human. We're working through stuff. And, you know, when you're talking about the body unraveling the memory, you know, how does that work for people who don't want to experience those memories again? Do they have to go through that in order to heal? Is there an acknowledgement or can it just kind of happen in a casual way? Because I think that that stops a lot of people from seeking assistance because they yeah. don't want to be faced with that or share that with other people, you know? So absolutely. And I don't believe in re-traumatizing the body. Yeah. However, sometimes we need to be aware of what happened in order to move from it. Um, so that sometimes one or two things happen where I'm working on somebody and they'll start crying. They don't know why whatever it is, but that's that emotional release that is being released. Right. Sometimes you do have a memory, right. Um, and, and, but not always do you have the memory of, of, of that. Um, so yeah, I also, memory is, is huge because it's all in the now because that doesn't exist anymore. It's just yeah. our attachment that exists. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a lot of people are also kind of like, oh, my memory, actually, in general, our memory is going. And when I tapped into that, it's because we're downloading new information as we're moving through. It doesn't matter because we can't matter. It's, it's the old. Yeah. Yeah. It's the old. And it's kind of, I think it was when I was listening to Wayne Dyer and he was talking a lot about, I think, and you might be able to correct me because you probably know better, but I'm pretty sure what I remember him saying was that the body reinvents itself every seven years or something like that. Absolutely. So, yeah. So we're not the same person that we were, you know, seven. Well, I don't know. Would I guess it would happen every seven years, probably around that. So for every seven years, you're in some kind of a shift, like a snake, you're shedding the skin. It would make sense that that would happen with memories too. So our organs are constantly regenerating itself. So um, with regards to kind of like, you know, we take the DNA, the RNA, the RNA is currently producing those, 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 those cells. And some organs reproduce themselves faster than others. Um, I think the liver takes about seven years, um, as you're saying, to reproduce. So we are constantly changing um, who we are. But don't forget, our thoughts are also create the environment to which our organs live in as well. So Bruce Lipton talks a lot about that. So we're constantly creating the environment around us and all of our cells are constantly listening to the dialogue that's happening in our head, right? So if we're constantly beating ourselves up, the organs are feeling that. And a lot of the times I, I like to talk about it kind of like a flower, you know, if, if a flower is withering, you don't, you know, starve it. You change its environment, you give it more food, you give it more light, you give it more love, you give it more caring. So our bodies are constantly listening. So what food are we placing? What kind of, you know, and, and that, and that's why we can't attack, we're attached to these memories. And I call them anchors because they keep us stuck in the past. They keep us stuck to that trauma. And that's why it's important to do that healing aspect of it and let go of that because we're not that person anymore we're, we're as you say we're we're not even the person we were 10 minutes ago before yeah. we have having this conversation we're constantly changing um 
versions of, of of we only have right now that's that's the important thing to, to to notice yeah it is and it's so key and when you get it you're like wow and then you forget and then you get and you're like why i know there's only the now but i can't really feel it right now because i feel like this other thing's happening so where the past happens is great to connect to is in the lessons or the the knowledge and wisdom that we've acquired from those past experiences and that's where I find that you know so yes I learned that from that and because of that I now do things this way you know so it's 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 bringing the knowledge and wisdom otherwise again for me it was like then why did we go through that it's yeah it's to carry that knowledge forward with us yeah and hindsight's 2020 and when you're in it you don't always understand or sometimes like I shared earlier you do but you also are working through understanding it (laughs) you know, which is always interesting. So one cool trick that I've learned recently about hindsight is if you ask yourself, instead of why is this happening to me, ask yourself, why is this happening or how is this happening for me? That brings hindsight into now, right? Because you look at like, oh, because hindsight is like, that happened because of that, because of that and brought me to here. No, it's like asking, okay, how is this happening for me now? Helps you to, to bring hindsight to like now, right? Which is great. Right, right. And you could probably use that as well. If you find yourself repeating patterns or the same conversations are popping up in your head, you know, the same memories and stuff like that. Reminders. Uh, I had a really interesting guest on the show a couple months ago, Susan Corso, and we talked a lot about chakras. And she was talking about how she believes that anything physical in the body is actually derivative of something going on within your chakra system. Do you, are you familiar with that based on the work you do with cranial sacral therapy? So both the cranial sacral therapy and the Akashic records. So remember how I was telling you, we create that blueprint. We create the blueprint integrated into our chakras as well. So I think it's all systems. All of our systems are working together in, in, in the same way. It's all part of the same kind of like experience that we're going in, going to, but I agree with her in the sense that, you know, it's all imprinted. So what we're wanting to experience, the limitations, the gifts, the expansion, you know, that's why we're sometimes one chakra is more prominent than the other. And we're constantly working on them because they're, they, everything works in, um, in synergy with each other the physical the mental the emotional and the etheric and the chakras are really you know based in the etheric aspect of, of who we are which is our energy center that provides energy to the body um, and it also if we look at it in terms of healing again it's like and this is I think the 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 the, the eastern philosophy is it all starts with thought our emotions and then event the last protocol is the body um, so yes, I, I agree that they all working symbiotically together. Um, and mm-hmm. it's all important. Yeah. I was doing a reading for someone yesterday on Facebook and I was talking about how, you know, all the decisions that they've made up until now has taken them to where they are in this moment. And, you know, when you're talking and you're talking about thought, you know, if things are showing up in your body or in your environment that aren't in line with what you want it's your own doing. You've really set the course for that. But what I love about our conversation today is you talk about things in such a way that's empowering and you're going, okay, yeah, you can sit there and be a victim or you can go, okay, how is this working for me? What can I see from this? What can I learn? How can I move forward? Can I play some happy music? 
Can I get out in nature? Can I change the course of my entire life right now from just doing something different? Absolutely. And you know where I've really tested that? You know, those mornings where things just start off awfully. They just, everything goes wrong. It's kind of like, how can I change this as quickly as I can? Because you can either allow that energy to persist through the rest of the day or like, okay, let's change this like right now. Like, how can I change this next moment in my life to, to shift that? Yeah. And so how do you do it? Do you listen to the music? Do you get into nature kind of things we said? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, 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 I absorb it. Like, and I I see, okay, because this is what's happening. Okay, that is gone. Let's start this moment new. So every breath is a new beginning. Every minute, every hour, you don't have to wait for the next day is a new beginning. It's kind of like, okay, let's reset this in this moment. Um, You know, deal with it. It's gone. It's done. And and it's taken practice to let go. That's the thing is surrendering, letting go is kind of like, okay, this is what what it is. How can I action something differently? How can I change my mode of thought? And that's where kind of like play the special tunes because that automatically puts you in a good mood, right? That automatically shifts movement, like get rid of that, you know, dance a little bit, whatever, go for a walk, go for a run. It's, it's, It's managing that energy in the sense of siphoning it through. Mm-hmm. right and then some days it's just difficult to do that like it's just like okay i'm here again okay yeah. go back to bed <laughs> yeah go back to bed go to sleep that that'll help it's sometimes it's like i'm going to take a nap maybe i'll wake up in a better mood right yeah 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 but i think it comes down to what you're talking about which is having grace for yourself and that's something i really struggle with you know i i will say i am so hard on myself i have this level of wanting to be perfect or and not even perfect but I guess just the best version as I possibly can and it's just not always possible and uh you know yeah I've started seeing things so moving away from perfectionism because perfectionism caps us because you can't improve on perfect no you can't damn it no so it's all about progression and that's why perfect becomes this moment, you know, in this moment is perfect as it is. How do I progress from that? How do I expand from that? Not perfection, progress. Yeah. And you, you know, and if we were already, let's say perfect, just for lack of a better word, we would be out of here because we wouldn't have things to do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that would be boring. That would be, that would be boring. Can I ask you one more question? It's a little bit off subject and I don't know whether or not you can, um, you know, you, you can yep. even speak to this, but I, I, I was kind of thinking to myself a little bit about balancing the masculine and the feminine energies. And I feel that for myself, I have a difficult time sometimes with understanding whether or not, you know, like, let's say my right knee is sore. Okay. Does that mean that I have too much masculine or am I afraid of moving forward or I haven't been balancing my feminine? And I don't know about you, but I think that as a woman, sometimes it's difficult to balance the feminine and the masculine and to kind of understand how to, to match the two. And I would imagine that somebody who identifies as male would would have a difficult time with being masculine, but also embracing that feminine do you have any thoughts on that and does that have anything to do with left or right brains or hemispheres or anything like that in cranial sacral therapy 
Um, absolutely. So we do balance the right left brain um, for that as well. Um, so it's understanding that we are both masculine and feminine. If we're in a feminine body, we tend to be maybe 60%, you know, more feminine than masculine. And I've started to learn, and this might be a little bit controversial, it's not about bringing, bringing balance to one makes sense um but we don't always have to be in balance with masculine and feminine sometimes we need both elements right we're sometimes working from the feminine sorry to cut you off i just got excited absolutely absolutely um so for example when i moved countries i had to be very much in my masculine because it's very much about paperwork logic moving forward process all the rest of that i have to step into that um but when i'm with my children it's the nurturing the caring the intuition the erratical the spontaneity aspect of it so it's playing with the energies when you need it um we also live very much in a very masculine dominated kind of like era we've had it so much and it's a lot of the times when it comes to business or it comes to relationships it's hard to fall into the to the feminine aspect of it because we've just been so trained to 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 step into our masculine so I'm actually working a lot on that at the moment and trying to understand where I sit within that but I have learned that yes it's good to bring into balance so if your right knee is hurting it is the direction that you don't want to go into and you know, or there's a resistance with continuing in in that in that way, and that's where Louise Hayes' um, kind of like book comes in, and and Feel a few others, yeah. yeah, of listening to your body and 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 what's going on there. So kind of like, especially if you have lower back issues, you're looking at again into the chakras, your root, your sacral. It's all about you know fear, financial, all the rest of that. Where yeah. is that? Where is where am I holding that in the body? But yeah, I, with regards to those energies, yes, it's good to balance them out when we're too much in one and it's not in balance, but sometimes we need one more than the other. Yeah. And I guess, I mean, how do you figure that out? And when you were talking, I was thinking about, of course, it makes sense for you because you worked in corporate IT. You would yeah. be working with mostly men. I mean, it was interesting that the you work with a female who bullied you, which is like not cool, but we know she taught you a lesson and we're thankful for those people because we've all had them. But still, I can imagine that you would have had to show up almost wearing a different hat, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's a lot of what I, because I did marketing. So a lot of me was translating IT to English. So there is that yeah. creative but understanding the you know, what is the technical side of it? And how do I bring in the feminine energy and explaining it and expressing it? Right. So that's so cool. I love that. Well, I feel like, you know, we're kind of nearing the end. I absolutely love talking to you. You're so intelligent and so well articulated. Thank you so much, Natasha. I know you have a special message for our listeners at home. And I I want would love for you to share that. I would also love for you to share just anything you feel called to speak on any conversation that you wanted to talk about that we didn't that it, we didn't go to today and, and also how people can get a hold of you eventually you can go there too <laughs> absolutely absolutely so the I just I, I got a wee message this morning um and it basically said so I channeled like I journaled this so it said dear afterlife uh afterlight conscious souls today and every day we ask you to shine the light your light and step into your highest potential What this means is being authentically you, those that are in alignment will stay and those that are not will go and keep working on yourselves, getting to know who you are and what you are 
what you're wanting to experience. So keep dissolving the trauma, the past, and um, by changing your words, your actions and your thoughts um, so that they align with the frequencies of the world you're wanting to create. So keep doing the inner work with compassion, with grace for self. As we change and progress, we become conscious of who we are and what we create. And we create it all. We become... Um, sorry, my handwriting changes here. Um, we become intentional, consciously creating our destiny, um, as they put in inverted commas, as we continue um, to heal and release the limitations of the past, we step into expansion, we start to see the divinity that we already are. And that's from my guide, Emmanuel. So that was my little treat. That's so beautiful. I love that. And I I think it's such a strong reminder. And, you know, I feel like I had a lot of reminders in this episode. I feel like it was really important that I have this conversation today. And, you know, I think that, and I don't know if our listener at home can relate or if even you can relate, but when we know better, I think sometimes we just still forget that we have to keep showing up every day and doing the work. And it doesn't have to be doing the work. You know, it's a hard slog. It can be joyful and full of light. It's just about, you know, kind of like your message is talking about being the vibration that you want and remembering that if you're not sitting in that, that you have to shift it because nothing else can shift it, you know, without your permission, without you being active. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, yeah. totally. I love yeah. that. Well, my sister, I will put a link to all your stuff in the show notes. I think you have a special offer for our listener at home as well, if they'd like to work with you. Absolutely. So for anybody that listens to the show and would like an Akashic Records session to access their soul's blueprint, I'll give you a 20% discount. You just have to quote Afterlife and I'll um, I'll, um, I'll provide the discount for sure. Perfect. Absolutely love that. Thank you so much, my sister, for being here. It's such a pleasure to know you. Thank you for sharing your gift with our listener and myself today. It's just been such an exciting conversation. I cannot wait to have you back on the show when we can talk about the Akashic in terms of business because I'm also a businesswoman and I love that. And uh, I think it's really due uh, something like that in the market. So thank you so much for, for everything today. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I've loved talking to you. And anytime you need anything, just shout. Hi, thanks so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please leave us a review where you listen to your podcasts and share it with your friends. Thank you. New episodes every Thursday.